Welcome to Care to Connect, an interprofessional healthcare series about interprofessional collaboration in healthcare. I'm your host, Asma Kafour. More than 60% of medical errors are a result of poor communication among medical professionals. And unfortunately, the patients bear the brunt of these mistakes. That is why the Center of Interprofessional Education at the University of Toronto has made it its mission to educate future clinicians about the importance of collaboration. This means that every few weeks, students from different medical faculties are invited to partake in group activities in which we meet with patients, explore case studies, and work together to create treatment plans that take into account all the patient's needs. These activities are more than just some team-building exercises. They introduce students to interprofessional collaboration, which is a vital part of medical treatment. But what exactly is interprofessional collaboration? Simply put, it's when healthcare workers and patients and their families work together to help the patient receive the best quality of care. I want to figure out exactly how that plays out. So joining me today to discuss interprofessional collaboration are the co-chairs of the Interprofessional Committee at South Lake Regional Health Center. Lorna Bain, Occupational Therapist and Leader of the Interprofessional Arthritis Program and Corporate Lead for Senior Strategy at South Lake, and Dr. Zave Wolfhart, Cardiologist and the Physician Leader of the Regional Cardiac Program and Director of Medical Education. Healthcare at the hospital doesn't just consist of one single interaction between two people. It's many people talking to other people to make sure all sides of a patient's problem are covered. We're exposed to every discipline from pharmacy to occupational therapy to social work, dietary, physio, OT, nursing to physicians. We're really interacting interprofessionally every day. And we also collaborate with people who perhaps don't have a professional designation, like service assistants um, and volunteers. And we also consider patients as part of our team as well. It might seem a little useless to talk about because if everyone is working with so many people, aren't they being interprofessional by definition? Not necessarily. Interprofessional care shouldn't be seen as an add-on. It should be something that really is conditions in which we work. It should be the environment and actually part of how we work. And that's the difference between multidisciplinary and interprofessional. Lots of disciplines can work alongside each other and still deliver care to the patient. But until you synchronize it and collaborate or work as a team, you're not going to have the same benefits. The one thing that I want to raise is how difficult this is. It's not something that can be intuitive to people. Working in a team is not the same as working as a team. And in order to work as a team, you have to be very mindful and purposeful in evaluating teamwork competency and striving to create improvement. Uh, Collaboration really requires people to be giving something up of themselves in order to come up with a new way of being that is really applicable to a group of people. And that is very hard to do. Um, The other thing is that in order to create the trust that's needed, It's more than just cooperation. It's actually coming up with a new way of practicing. But it's also more than just that, it's mutual respect. How important would you say interprofessional care is to healthcare? Interprofessional care is really key to healthcare. It's key to efficient and effective, safe and quality healthcare. So if those are the goalposts that you're after, that interprofessional care is one of the pillars. 
So not one individual with one set of skills is enough to comprehensively look after a patient. No one person can know everything. And people have different training, different environments, and different experiences. Either they're newly out of practice or they've been there for years and have been exposed to a lot of situations which may be recurrent or circumstances that their training would better equip them to deal with. And if you make the assumption that those individuals can't contribute, then you're in trouble. So if you think you know it all and you can do it all by yourself, you leave yourself very vulnerable. And there's a reason that there's subspecialties is because no one person can learn it all. And so you want to capitalize on the knowledge base of every individual and use them to their fullest capacity in terms of their knowledge, skills, and education to coordinate and deliver a comprehensive approach to that patient. There's always more than one problem with each patient. It's not one specific disease. There are other social issues or other situational issues that arise when treating a patient that you may miss or not be able to attend with completely if you're not concentrating on interactions. A pharmacist not reviewing the chart or discussing uh, multiple medical therapies, mobility, financial issues, uh, family interactions. There's multiple aspects to patient care. And if one physician is concentrating just on the single disease process, we're not dealing with the patient comprehensively enough. The other thing that's really important for collaboration is uh, joy in work. And because of the stressful conditions that we work under, it's really important that we do have some joy in work. And working together really allows people to bounce ideas off each other, to sometimes use their innovation where possible, and to deal with complex issues that can be really, really burdensome for one person to take on the load. So having that opportunity to work together to tackle problems that may be difficult is really awesome. But the other thing that we also have to think about is the conditions that we're working in. Healthcare has become really fast paced and very stressful. We're under a lot of uh, different stresses in terms of flow of hospital large and the volumes of patients and how sick patients are. So we really need to work comprehensively to make sure that we're utilizing our resources as effectively and as efficiently as possible. Interprofessionalism sounds great. So then, why are we having a problem doing it? Part of the inherent problem that we're faced with is that we all are educated in different environments in silos. And so we have inherently a lack of knowledge of what each individual has to be able to contribute. And if you don't fully understand the scope of practice of each individual, you leave yourself vulnerable because there's a lack of trust or a lack of understanding of what that individual can contribute. So the problem really begins right at medical school and at all the nursing or university courses where we're not all exposed to each other early enough to fully understand each other and incorporate knowledge and training. So when you arrive in a hospital as either a new physician, a new OT, you know, in theory, got your patient at your forefront. But that communication and that trust and that relationship needs to be fostered in some way. And I think that's where our healthcare system somewhat falls down because we just 
have lost that ability to communicate effectively. The traditional way has been to write notes in a chart. The chart gets passed around. Everyone goes through the chart and reads what the physio said or the pharmacist, which is totally ineffective. And so there has to be a, a cultivated way to communicate better. And so what we've been trying to do is to have uh, rounds, which it sounds intuitive and probably was the way it was done a long time ago when we had less technology, but to actually go around with the entire team to the patient bedside with the patient, discuss the problem and have everyone contribute their share to the um, the process or the treatment or the, the environment that that patient happens to be in at the time. And to hear the patient as well contribute and understand what he or she understands about our problem or does not understand where we can fill in the gaps and make the whole experience a wholesome one. And we include them in the dialogue so that they can ask questions and be uh, as informed as possible. One of the biggest problems that we have in healthcare in terms of healthcare error is communication. And it's said that almost greater than 60% of all healthcare errors have an element of communication that is part of the root cause. And the biggest uh, fallacy in today's age is that communication with all our devices is actually happening. And now we're seeing more and more hospitals with electronic medical records, which was seen to be a way of communicating quickly and easily. And we're finding that without face-to-face contact that a lot of things can be lost in, in their meaning. So it still is really important to have that opportunity to come together to collaborate. It's interesting because it seems that it's intuitive and should be spontaneous, but it's not. It needs to be cultivated and developed and grown. Um, It's a culture more than anything else. And I think a lot of our institutions have lost that culture of collaboration and it needs to be revitalized because, you know, we both sit on the quality committee and every single error or morbidity or mortality that occurs due to us as healthcare individuals has been due to a lack of communication or appropriate communication. You can live it and see that if you communicate properly and effectively, you can reduce error significantly. Okay, so coming back to what you were saying about how communication breakdowns are some of the biggest reasons that we have errors in the healthcare system. So can you walk us through how that might happen? So what might a communication breakdown look like? I think it comes down to uh, miscommunications in terms of misperceptions and assumptions that perhaps we're making based on past experiences that would lead us to assume or think that we can predict something that's actually happening without clarifying or asking the question, or even simply saying, I'm not sure what you mean. Everybody shares some degree of responsibility to ensure a safe transit. And, you know, even highly functioning teams that work very well together are prone to error because of those assumptions. Because you think you're a good team that safety checks don't really apply to you because um, you trust your team. You assume person A is doing it and person B assumes Someone else is doing it, it may not get done because you're assuming they're so highly functional it's going to get done. And if you don't communicate and do your safety checks the way you're supposed to, you may miss an opportunity just based on too much trust. So it works both ways. You have to have an ability to trust, but also an ability to ensure that everyone is heard. 
In the past, a medical hierarchy was strictly adhered to. In other words, the doctor would call all the shots, and the rest of the healthcare team was discouraged from piping up and sharing their concerns. However, in, the, in a professional model, all healthcare professionals are encouraged to participate in decisions and challenge each other's ideas. To help make sure this interprofessional culture exists, our guests took matters into their own hands and created something called the Artichoke Rounds. Artichoke Rounds is a platform that encourages healthcare teams and staff to share their experiences, both good and bad. Hospital News calls it an innovative way to achieve positive results at a minimal cost. This exchange of experiences helps healthcare professionals learn more about what their coworkers do and promote compassion among team members when errors happen and brainstorm solutions together. Since its implementation at South Lake Regional Health Center, clinicians and staff have reported the start of a cultural shift for the better and feel more empowered to speak up. Though it is one of our biggest problems, it's clear that we as health professionals are taking steps to improve interprofessional collaboration. I asked whether our guests, as interprofessional leaders, felt things were improving. One of the biggest improvements that we've seen is learners being taught about collaborative competencies early on in their career. Not only does it allow knowledge to be translated, but it also sets the stage for expectations. And it also gives rise and gives light to a new set of uh, practices when people graduate. And it gives collaboration a priority in terms of what's important. We can't have the expectation that people graduate and then they just learn how to work in teams. So having that training early on is really awesome. And it shifted how we model um, the expectations that we have in practice to model for our learner the change that we want to see. Interestingly, although Lorna had been working in the medical field at the time, it was her experience as a family member of a patient that drew her into the world of interprofessional collaboration. I had an experience. Um, my younger brother was ill and uh, was taken to the hospital and found out that he needed an appendectomy. And he had the procedure. And soon after the procedure was over, the family was called back to the surgical waiting room. And we were told my brother had to go back into surgery. And we were unsure what the cause of that was. And we were speaking to uh, my brother, reassuring him. And outside the curtain, what we heard was two team members uh, sharing information that one, so they found out that the cause that why he had to go back into surgery is they left a sponge in him. And outside the curtain, what I overheard were two team members expressing that one knew that a sponge had been left in but was afraid to speak up because of repercussions that she had seen with a surgeon um, in another situation where somebody spoke up. So she held her tongue and it resulted in my brother having to go for surgery twice. And at that time, I was early on in my career, but I was so puzzled by this and, and thought, how could this be? And very early thought, if I could ever have an opportunity to work to change our system and to ensure that this doesn't happen and that people feel confident and comfortable sharing their skills and expertise, but also expressing when something doesn't go right. That was an environment or that was a place that I wanted to put my efforts. Dr. Wolfhart, on the other hand, became interested in interprofessional collaboration after he moved to Canada and began working as a physician. I come from a different healthcare system. I was born and raised in South Africa. And in South Africa, the healthcare system, because of paucity of doctors, relied heavily on allied professionals, uh, midwives doing deliveries and doing fairly 
complex cases. There were nurses working in most of the clinics and uh, a lot of autonomy given to allied professionals. Um, and in fact, most of my obstetrics, a lot of my pediatrics and primary care was taught to me, not by physicians, but by allied professionals. So I had a different lens coming into the environment in Canada, which I think was helpful for me. I found it very difficult to do what they call chart rounds, where you were rounding using the chart and not at the patient bedside. And so, you know, adapted to the cultural change, but always feeling a little bit uncomfortable. You know, asking a nurse for help or an allied professional for um, an opinion seemed foreign when I arrived here, yet if you don't ask that opinion, you're isolated and left vulnerable. There are multiple times in the cath lab that I can give examples where, because I have developed a relationship of trust with my team and the ability for them to speak up, that they'll stop me from doing something and say, that's the wrong catheter, or that's going to be a problem, that's going to be dangerous, maybe you want to rethink that, maybe you want to change your strategy. And, you know, I'm there one day a week, they're there five days a week, why would they not have the expertise or the knowledge to help me from causing a problem? And I've seen it with other physicians where they have significant intimidation and an ego which suppresses open communication where the nurses are uncomfortable to do something but will do it because they are fearful of, of speaking up and the repercussions and seeing patients die or be significantly injured because of that lack of communication. And I can cite hundreds of examples of situations where, you know, having a team approach is clearly beneficial in terms of not only your own uh, comfort with what you're doing and your environment feeling more safe and less vulnerable than being dangerous and confrontational. You just can't know it all and do it all yourself. To know you have a team that's behind you, that backs you and has got your back and they know you've got their back is very, very helpful. The analogy we use often in teaching is we're trained as cowboys but we have to work as pit crews. And the quicker you get to become a pit crew, the better your patient's um, outcome is going to be. Now speaking to you personally, uh, what would you say is the best part about working with others? The best part of working with others is, first of all, enjoying the people that you work with and considering them as part of your family, actually, because you work so closely together that we can provide the highest quality of patient care because we have others who are expert in the field that share knowledge, that have a quest for learning, curiosity, and innovation. And we can keep moving forward due to our shared want, wanting to do better. I think it gets back to the beginning conversation about joy at work. It's much more fun if you're working in a team and you're more relaxed and less tense, feeling that you're in a safer environment. So it certainly makes for a happier, healthier uh, workplace. And as patients enjoy it as well. So when patients see a team working together and they know that there's multiple people who are sharing opinions about their healthcare problem, and they feel like they're in really, really good hands. And hopefully they feel part of the team as well, where they can share concerns, because really our patient is the only thing that's constant in the healthcare system. Would you have any advice for someone who 
maybe prefers to work individually and wants to improve their ability to collaborate with people? I think to cultivate a sense of curiosity. So if you are unsure or you're not feeling confident, ask questions and find out a little bit more about what others do and perhaps how they can support what you do so that you can, you can really have a very fulfilling career. Interprofessional collaboration is more than just listening to what others have to say. It's about learning to set aside your biases and acknowledging that you may not know everything. It's about opening yourself up to criticism and learning from it. This process isn't easy. If it was, we wouldn't have communication issues as the leading cause of medical errors. Interprofessional collaboration will not just benefit patients, but everyone else invested in their care. Care to Connect was produced by Asma Gafoor. It was written by Michelle Mogilner and Asma Gafoor and edited by Jill Johnson. A special thanks to Yas Salehi, as well as Della Croteau, Sylvia Langlois, and Dean Lissing from the Center for Interprofessional Education at the University of Toronto. Music is by Paddington Bear and artwork is by Caitlin Lazar. 